gentlemen, boys and girls, canines, felines, amphibians. What's up? It's your boy, Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector, and my pal, my comrade, my favorite animal advocate in the whole freaking galaxy, Valerie Heffron. What's up, Val? What's up, kid? Heyo. I am really excited for today. I'm excited for today's topic. I'm excited for our returning guest, an amazing person who I just love and adore, not only because she is a fantastic professional and lawyer, but she's just a really good person. And the best part about this is that she wants to get more involved in animal advocacy. Welcome to the tribe, Donna Fiorelli. Welcome to the tribe. (laughs) Thank you very much. I'm I'm thrilled to be here. No, it's really, it's a great honor. Honestly, We like having you on the team. Come, come to the dark side. We have cookies. I'll just say that. I just, because I like cookies and it's not the dark side. I, honestly, it's the opposite. This is where the light is. And why, what do you mean this is where the light is? Well, so Val, it, it says in our, Sorry, oh gosh, it. oh my God. <laughs> well, get that human out of there. Let's see the dog. Hi everybody. Hi Dr. Be Well, by the way. Hello hey. there, Joby. What's up, handsome? Hi everybody. Uh, wow. <laughs> Val, I didn't know he could talk like that. <laughs> yeah so uh actually i wanted him to be part of the show today because he is a rescue dog and uh you know that is one of our topics is um you know people a lot of times think in their minds that they can only get a certain kind of dog and you know the truth is there's rescues for like every single kind of dog that you can imagine so before we jump into that people Right. We want, we want you over here, but before we jump into that, I just want to introduce this. You've never been with us before. I want you to understand something. I am just about to recreate our mission statement right here live for you. And I'll tell you why I'm going to do that. It says here, as I look at my notes, and this is what we wrote, we want to amplify the message. Crossing out, want to. We are already doing that. No big deal. Just changing the world. Hashtag no big deal. Just changing the world. We are amplifying the message that the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong. We are supporting each other in business. It's already happening. This was something that we talked about, but it's happening. So we need to put this into the present tense, Valerie. Don't you agree, Val? Yes. And I want to add also, we want to support each other in business, in rescue, and in animal advocacy. Absolutely. And we want to do that because... When this compassionate network comes together, everyone wins. Especially the animals. Especially <laughs> the animals. <laughs> I get Joby, it. thank you. Joby, thanks for paying attention. You've obviously watched the program before. You know how it works. You know what we do here. Last, last before I, take, I let Valerie take it away is I'll say this. We come together to really do three things. It's to learn it's to educate. And then we take that learning and that education and we go to work. We act, we advocate. That's it. Learn, educate, and advocate. That's what we're doing here. Valerie Heffron, take it away. Introduce our guest. Let's jump into the story. Okay. Uh, so um, Donna, like I said, is a returning guest, Donna Fiorelli. She is um, a highly specialized and brilliant attorney. I've seen her present. And let me tell you something. She will blow you away. She somehow <laughs> makes even things like bankruptcy interesting. Um, no offense. So she's a bankruptcy lawyer and a foreclosure defense. Who was offended? Who was offended? Bankruptcy? (laughs) We're going to get offended? I don't mean to call bankruptcy boring. You know what I mean? But it's financial stuff. And she, this young lady can squeeze more words in 60 seconds versus anyone else I've ever met. But aside from that, she, she genuinely has a heart of gold. You know, I know people who she's helped. Um, and they have claimed, you know, that she is a lifesaver. Um, and so now the fact that she wants to combine her big heart and her brilliance to help the animals, uh, that is just, you know, it, it's music to my ears. So without any further ado, today's topic that we're uh, going to really dive into is the business of animal rescue. And legally, I asked Donna to come to the table with some valuable information because a lot of people don't know uh, a lot about animal rescue. Um, and that includes people who maybe want to get into it. You know what I mean? So so here we go, Donna. Um, Donna Fiorelli, take it away wherever you want to start. 
I listen, I, I appreciate this very much. It's a fantastic opportunity to be amongst you guys because you see, I'm from the other side. You guys are so heavily involved. And yes, I'm, a, I'm an animal lover. I'm a professional. I have a career. But when I'm not practicing law, like all the other professionals that are, are the lovers of animals, you know, awareness, education, um, and, uh, you know, learning, is, it's, not, it's not easy. It's not easy. I mean, I learned a tremendous amount just by, you know, hanging out with you guys, being part of these programs, um, following you, trying to support your causes, like all the many other other uh, you know professionals. But it's 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 the fuzziness, it's the gray areas of a lot of these rules and regulations, and it's the awareness is where you got to start. So for many people on this podcast today, it might seem very simplified, but I'm going to build as we go forward. So right. the beginning, the number one question is. So what is animal rescue by definition? So animal rescue is defined as a true social service that protects animals from dangerous conditions involving abuse and cruelty. So the legal definition of animal rescue is a social service. I found it to be very interesting because along with that, you're, it's a combination of you know what, what should be rules and regulations and, and what good public policy would be when it comes to animals and for people. And enforcement. So in, and, and enforcement. And enforcement. Yeah, that, that comes with it. Now, you know, again, we live in a, and I don't want to jump around, but the, the, right. the society we live in, and I do that a lot, um, yeah. is where it's, it's a dual governmental system. So in other words, we have federal law, we have state law. And underneath the state law, we have all the local offices. And because right. animals are not granted human rights, it's very difficult to get them into the system. Because, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, now more than ever, they're actually deemed more important than, than just private property. They're always right. just personal property, like a watch or a car or a pair of shoes. So over the course of the years, we've seen massive improvement, but we also see where it's needed. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, is an animal rescue organization different than an animal shelter? Okay. There's a great level of ambiguity and flexibility surrounding these two concepts. Um, if there were to be a key difference between a rescue and a shelter, it would be, generally speaking, that animal shelters tend to have facilities that have, house the animals, whereas animal rescues are typically foster-based organizations. Regardless of what they call themselves, whether you're dealing with a shelter or a rescue, both types of these organizations have a common goal and they exist strictly to help animals. So which animals are subject to rescue? Now, all the different rules and regulations are not federal, they're all state. So the number one group that is subject to rescue, as you can imagine, is dogs. Now, the following information, I have to give credit where credit's due, okay? Uh, Grace Hussein, on January 14th of 2022, wrote an incredible article. She writes for sentientmedia.org. And she came out with all these statistics that are going to blow everybody's mind really quick. Ready. I'm ready. So when it comes to dogs, the number one group, every year an estimated 3.1 million dogs enter shelters across the United States. Mm-hmm. As high as that number is, that number actually has decreased to an estimated 3.9 million dogs since 2011. That shows you the tremendous improvement of dog placement or dogs not entering into shelters. Okay, so it just shows so you. Hold on one thing. second, though, because I have to just interject with a quick question. Was there any reference to there potentially being also a correlation to um, like the financial markets, the 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 economy? Because I I personally am hearing that more animals are being surrendered now because there is economic hardship, and I don't want to get political. I'm not going to call it a recession. I think it's a recession. That's how I was taught in school. But whatever. But but regardless of whether it is or isn't inflation is high and you know uh people the real estate market seems to be slowing so i'm just curious about if if that uh person referenced i'm hoping it's not i'm hoping that everybody's just adopting and not shopping but i'm wondering if it's economical because your time frame was during a very bullish era right yes well the time frame that this study was done was over the past 10 years there's yeah. no doubt. There's no doubt that you're going to see spikes. It's going to look somewhat of like a heartbeat. Yeah. Okay. Okay. When it came to the race. And that whole compilation includes dog surrenders, mm-hmm. um, cruelty seizures, um, rehabilitation mm-hmm. at shelters, and the dogs are actually left there, um, and uh, strays. So it really mm-hmm. includes all, encompasses all of that. But those figures are supposed to indicate um, a, a general improvement 
an okay, improvement good. of the numbers of, that are decreasing. Okay, so after okay. dogs, you're gonna have cats. Okay, the American Society for Prevention of Cruelty of Animals, which is the ASPCA for New York, it's located in uh, Manhattan in New York City. It estimates that 3.2 million cats enter animal shelters every year. Cats of all ages, conditions, and needs enter the shelter doors to be transferred to a facility or rescued, then put up for adoption or seeking a return to their owner. That's a tremendously huge number. Yeah. Followed by cats comes horses. Okay, Horses are subject to rescue. Um, horses are in rescue in the United States between the numbers currently of 5,000 to 10,000 a year. They're typically rehomed because of health, behavioral issues, or lack of suitability for their intended purposes. Many of these horses are seized, okay, as well. Livestock and poultry follow that. Um, most farmed animals and poultry in shelters and rescues result from people keeping chickens in their backyards, okay, or from factory farms. Livestock and poultry could end up being rehomed by shelter or rescue or live out their lives at a sanctuary. Um, and then finally, you have other wildlife. And you always hear about something like this. And I know we're in Long Island and in New York, you always hear about certain wildlife that should not be in homes like, oh, I don't know, alligators. Occasionally something will escape. Mm -hmm. uh, like domesticated animals, wildlife often find themselves in need of rescue. Wildlife that is rescued will be rehabilitated with the goal of eventual release back into the wild. So that's the goal. Mm. The animals that can't be released will be humanely euthanized due to their condition or kept in captivity or at a sanctuary zoo. So then yeah. who oversees and governs these animal rescue organizations? Who's in, right. who's in charge of this? Right. So here's a fact that many people don't realize. Animal welfare organizations are not regulated by the United States federal government. I read that today too. Right. So right now, so what does that mean? Okay, um, that means that we have to follow, and this is this is how it, we have to go back to basics now. Okay, under the United States Constitution, anything that is not specifically relegated or expressed to belong to the federal government and not the federal responsibility is left to the states to determine. And many states do have regulations for inspecting animal welfare organizations. But generally, only if those organizations opt out more than a certain number, or I'm sorry, adopt out a certain number of animals per year. So already you're sitting there like, what did she just say? <laughs> like, that still doesn't answer the question. So hold what on, hold organ on, hold on. Yeah, uh, okay. So, and I, I'm sorry, you know me. I got it. Otherwise, I'm going to forget. But <laughs> I'll just go on and on. But it's, it's very confusing, yes. It is confusing. And what I want to know, I'm going to put you on the spot, is... Has anything jumped out to you up to this point um, that you, in your mind, are like, we have to change this? Um, I, I have to tell you, to be honest with you, I'm going to actually say the opposite for a second. I'm going to say I'm actually surprised at how many organizations and how many public awareness groups belong to the government right now. What New York State has done, what they set up. The increasing amount of money that's poured into these these rescue organizations. Now, having seen that and having actually documented it and tracked it, my big question is, I, I don't know where the money is. Do you understand? Like, I see evidence that the organizations are set up. Like, for example, uh, under New York State, they have the Animal Protection Federation. I never heard of them before. Where, how come I don't know about this? Why isn't there any awareness? Why isn't there organization? Like what? I, I don't, I don't know. How much money are they getting? Governor Hart, Hochul, whatever her name is, November of 2021, increased the amount of money that's going to animal rescues. I didn't know that. I it didn't like, know that either. Yes. See, I got it. Val, I know you're going to, you're about to ask another question. We got to leave it there. million. Dollars. I had to throw the dollar amount in. Six million dollars she gave. Wh Six million dollars more towards animal care. Okay, Let, let's touch that. Let's jump right back into that when we come back. Because you know what? Your question there, Donna, is, well, you didn't know that, or where do you find that out? Well, guess what? This is the place, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, mm -hmm. animals of all ages. This is where you come to learn this stuff out. I never heard of sentient media, but guess what? I just showed, I shared it on on uh, on our Facebook stream right now because sentient media is a nonprofit news organization, Valerie, that reports- There with Caro, there with helpareporter.com. You know about it? Yes. Yeah. All right. So for those of you who don't know about it, reports on the corruption within the modern animal industries and brings these stories to the mainstream. Their goal is okay. to create transparency and urgency around animal welfare and the problems arising from large scale use of animals in industry, et cetera, et cetera. There's more there. Check it out. Uh, I shared it on Facebook. 
This is Professionals and Animal Lovers Show. Mick Collins, I see you on Facebook. We'll be right back. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy. And I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Professionals and Animal Lovers show. Valerie and Donna were having this really heated, in-depth conversation around rescue, what it means, what it is. I, I mean, I wrote down, I think, you know, critically, right out of the gate, you said it's a social service, which, you know, sort of made me chuckle inside because I have, I hear my friend Valerie speak about a specific rescue, which I don't know if we're going to mention it all by name or not, but that doesn't operate as a social service in my opinion from the stories i've heard out operates as something that is not forward thinking just about the animals like bureaucracy comes to mind you know challenges not not looking out for the animals all that stuff comes to mind val when this is by definition (laughs) there's supposed to be a social service looking out for the animals right i have so many thoughts on this but (laughs) so so donna uh getting back to what you were saying with the with the increased dollar amount and where's the money going so what i'm thinking is very like if this is a government funded uh the the one that you mentioned animal protection what was it well 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 it's not that it's um there there's no federal funding that's going to animal protection something federation you mentioned um that was that was for new york okay good Okay, so we can foil, we can foil that. And that is something, you know, I am adamantly in favor of doing. And this is what I want every animal lover to know is that if anything is using taxpayer dollars to fund, then they owe you the transparency. Yeah, and- there's, yes, sorry. I don't know what okay. Yeah, so keep going, keep going. No, no, you know, it's very interesting because you were talking about these professional groups, okay, and professional websites where to get information. I came across an awesome company, a great group that's been around for a long time, mm-hmm. animalrescueprofessionals.org. Phenomenal. They blog on a number of different topics, and I learned a lot from them and took from them, okay, mm-hmm. to, to build this thing today, all right? Mm-hmm. They're the ones that will explain to you that it's not the government or the federal responsibility to oversee currently because there's no laws on the books, federal laws, um, to the extent of animal welfare. I mean, there are federal rules and regulations when it comes to transporting animals, everything you can imagine because it's livestock. They have to do that to prevent disease, you know, how to, how to transport cattle and whatnot. Um, but as far as the states are concerned, okay, um, 
animalrescueprofessionals.org has beautiful blogs about national organizations involved in animal safety, well-being. They note that animal shelters and animal rescues are not getting government funding, and they want everyone to know that. Animal shelters that- Well, shelters, many shelters do. Many shelters are funded by taxpayer dollars. Example, Donna, you live in the town of Hempstead. They have a $5.5 million budget, and 4.38 goes to payroll. Just letting you know. Okay, but but that's, is that state money? That's town of Hempstead money. Right. That's, that's your that's taxpayer local. dollars, right. That's local, that's local. Oh, I so, see what you're saying. Okay, yes. I got it. Right, right, right. So, okay. so under New York, so New York's got a great website, something else you can check out. So what does New York do for animal safety and well-being? New York has created the Federation and a division of animal cruelty enforcement. They have a beautiful website. The Federation created this website to help you know the law as it relates to companion animals in New York State. Now, a companion animal is a pet. Anything that is legal to have is a pet, right? So as the advocacy voice, they consider themselves to be the advocacy voice of New York's animal shelters. The Fed, they call themselves the Fed. I found it to be interesting, okay? Because it's not the federal government, but they call themselves the Fed. Focuses on public policy and legislative initiatives at the state and local level. Among its legislative accomplishments, this is what they've done. Companion Animal Capital Fund, $5 million in state funding. It's now $6 million under Governor Hochul as of November 2021. Dedicated to the capital needs of New York's shelters. Cutting the hold time for unidentified cats. Banning the leasing of pets in New York. Who even knew that was a thing? I knew that was a thing. I was saying, you know everything. But, but... Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting here trying not to call bullshit because (laughs) (laughs) I've just got to be honest. What, what gets me, it's like stuck in my craw, right? Is the fact that New York city's AC&C, if you look it up, NYC AC&C, it stands for animal care control. It is one of the, it's probably the bloodiest shelter in the country. Probably. I'm not going to say that definitively because I haven't done apples to apples for every single municipal shelter, but I will tell you. I mean, I forgot who we had. Oh, whoa, Andrew Weprin. Andrew Weprin, we had on. And through foils, you know what's uncovered? Plus all the people who go there, uh, they're killing like eight dogs a day. Val, Val, let yeah. me interrupt you. Val, just for our Where's listeners. Where's the money going? Val, yeah. just for our listeners yeah. who are not familiar with that term, let's bring everybody into the conversation. Foil, right. give it foil. 30 seconds. Explain it for us. Freedom of information law. Uh, which gives you the the citizen, it doesn't matter where you live. I can foil a shelter in California if I want to, and so can you. We have a right to information. Now, uh, sometimes they just won't give it to you, and then you have to fight them for it, but that's another story. So that's my 30 seconds. So I'm sorry, Donna. So, so, okay, there's five or $6 million going to these city shelters, but nobody really knows what's happening to it because it's definitely not going to the animals. That I will say. Uh, I didn't think it was that easy to find out where the money went as far as what was available on the internet. I did not see that. Okay. Uh, It definitely is telling you where it's going, generally speaking, but I did not see that. Okay. Okay. Um, There is something called the Shelter Rescue Registration Act. Okay. There are certain licensing requirements that I can walk you through as far Mm -hmm. as if you are going to be, let's say you want to be now someone that um, uh, rescues animals. Okay. So you can actually, and this is something that... I didn't realize this either. You know, here you are thinking that animals, because I, I rescued animals. Everyone's got their stories to tell, right? More than one dog in my whole life, right? But you never really know if, unless you go through the paperwork and track where this dog actually came from. Yes. There are some rescue shops that actually are buying these animals. Yes. So I now, know. Oh my God. Part of the, the auction process too. Do you see what I mean? And here's where the cracks are. So most of these companies, and and it's all about money. I know you're shocked. Most of these organizations take advantage of tax exemptions. And this is the catch. So under what they call, you know, if you're going to be a charitable function and um, organization and you have to qualify to a certain extent, Mm -hmm. there's um, tax exemptions under Section 501C3 specifically, and that's of the IRS code, okay, and allows for federal tax exemptions for nonprofits specifically those that are considered public charities, private foundations, or private operating foundations. It is regulated and administrated, uh, administered by the U.S. Department of Treasury through the IRS, but they do not oversee general operations of the organization. 
So once you take, once you claim these tax exemptions, right, the IRS will check on you. Oh, let's see, what kind of business are you operating? Okay, great. But they don't go in and they don't monitor the day-to-day operations. Oh, let me just move, hold on. I got to move my pom-pom. Let me just, so you, what you were just talking about is something, uh, Donna, which is infuriating. And Tommy, I'm going to, I'm going to put these dots together because you have to realize um, this is what people refer to as um, retail rescue, okay? So Tommy knows very well how hard a lot of people have worked to get the anti-puppet mill bill legislation passed through the Senate and Assembly in the state of New York. In fact, Tommy helped assemble uh, and pull off a couple of call nights where we had a bunch of people making calls to the legislators. So the point is, this is years in the making. What we have fought so hard for, and it's hopefully going to get signed by Governor Kathy Hochul shortly, so it goes into effect, is the fact that, like Donna was saying, there are rescues, Tommy, tell me how you feel about this, there are rescues that are going to puppy and dog auctions where they're buying these dogs from puppy mill breeders. And the argument on the other side, to be fair, is like, they're saying, well, if I buy a dog from a commercial breeder and I'm taking that to my rescue, I'm going to have it spayed and neutered. So it's not going to be bred. So they're in their minds, that's the justification. That well, said, all right. Yeah. So you want my reaction? Creating demand. Hold on. Let me just, let me get this out because you're going to be very interested in this. Our friend, John Goodwin, JP Goodwin from the Humane Society was quoted recently in a Huffington Post article regarding this issue. And uh, so HuffPo reports that uh, some rescuers have been buying dogs from commercial breeders, aka puppy mills, at dog auctions. They do so, it would be nice if I had a haircut, so I could read, they do so in the name of saving an individual dog, but as a result of the increased demand, they cause the prices of dogs at auctions have been pushed up considerably. Um, Puppy mills, in response, have ramped up production to meet increased demand i mean this is just nauseating yeah that's kind of i mean we don't curse on the show but you already said bullshit but that's kind of <laughs> effed up because i mean we're fighting against this thing to what we were fighting against and are fighting against is the destination point where these animals are sold from right and if these rescues are giving them an alternative to be sold there well you're screwing us you're kind of screwing the deal here so oh, yeah. now that said valerie with yeah. that little bit of information you just shared with me and my gut reaction, that's what I come up with. Yeah. I need she, I need more details. We need to have sure. a conversation about it. You I'll know, we need the article and but yeah, we need to get JP on the show because yeah. again, so, my knowledge in this is limited. But right away, my gut says, "Hold on, man, something don't smell good on that." You know what I mean? Very diplomatically so, said. We yeah, do. well, that's me. You know, I'm a diplomat. You know, like like um, no, not like you, JP. JP Goodwin very diplomatically said, (laughs) quote, we oppose buying dogs at auctions, he said, because it puts money into the pockets of irresponsible people who treat dogs like they are disposable. And that is uh, the guy in charge of the end puppy mills campaign for HSUS. All right. We got to we got to take a break. We got to share that article. We got to we got to share that article. Before we literally go to a break, I got to check in on Facebook because we've got some new people that I've not met before. I want to say hello to Kevin Shaquille Mendez. Thank you, Kevin. I knew you'd say that. I I checked to see that you guys are connected before we shouted out Kevin. So I see that. Uh, Mick Collins already sharing the website for NYSAPF.org. So that's on Facebook. And um, Sandra Valdez says, we have a rescue in Texas shut down by the Department of Health today and sending dogs to New York, town of Hempstead with, wow, this is like just in Val. Hey, Sandra, um, I've spoken to her. Hi, you know, Sandra, so she's saying that these animals are being sent to New York with heartworm, distemper, parvo, parvo. URI, Chagas, to name a few. Most of those I understood, but Chagas, I didn't know. Um, so, wow, I think it's time we do take a quick break and maybe we could address some of this when we come back. This is yeah. the Professionals and Animal Lovers show. We do three things. I see it, Sandra. Yep. Uh, we do three things here. We learn, we educate, and we advocate. We'll be right back. Yes. Yeah. 
Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Back. This holy is the moly guacamole. Sorry, okay. Holy moly guacamole. That's it. That. Well, hold on. Hold your holy moly guacamole. That, now, for a second, for more than a second. Welcome back. This is Pals. All right. Now, next part about this is I didn't know what Chagas was, if I'm saying it right. But Sandra, because this show is all about getting schooled and getting educated, right? I'm coming to school every every Wednesday from two to three. I'm coming here to learn. I might know a couple things. I'll teach you about them, but I'm here to learn. And then we go out and we advocate. So Chagas, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, Sandra, is from Kissing Beetles. Now, here's my thing. Because I have to deflect with humor, I, there must have been a lot of Chagas during Beatlemania because the Beatles probably kissed a lot of girls. Just saying that, that I, Val, if I don't do it, I'm going to be mad at myself later on. I know, but you're wrong. It was actually kicked off by Beetlejuice. Just letting you know. Oh, God. So you're trying to better, you're trying to one-up the kid? All right. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then I, my other joke was, don't kiss Beatles and you don't get Chagas. All kidding aside, Sandra, we know this is a tragic situation. We I know it's real. I need a link real. to an article or a news, a news I, outlet. Yeah, Sandra, if you can give us something. Run with it and we will talk about it. Um, yeah. Donna, Share it I, with us. Give us the information Donna. so we can yeah. have a document on it. Val, get back into it. Let's do it. Yeah, Donna. So um, getting back to the retail rescue or or the other things that you just mentioned. So um, just let me know. I don't want to keep asking you, but just let me know if, you know, anything like kind of captivates you or, or triggers you. And, and cause that's, I, that's what I feel like happens to me where like all of a sudden I was like, what do you mean this is political and it's a law and we have to change it. We have to fix it. We have to make this better. You know what I mean? So if anything like that goes off in your head, by all means, uh, let's, let's get into that. Um, yeah, no, I, I definitely see this cracks in the system. I mean, yeah. I don't, I don't have to be a genius to say that. I mean, we're, we're seeing it, right? So when yeah. you really backtrack, if these things are happening, if these puppy mills are popping up everywhere, that it's because of opportunity, and how do they have that opportunity? So if you backtrack it, someone's not looking out for them. Someone's not looking for them. So where where's the broken system? That and I don't know the answer. Right. But when I, I I did yeah. my research and I'm, I you, it, and listen, man, we all know it's all about follow the money, right? Yes, and follow it's very money. sad. It's very sad because if you think about it, like there's a lot of good people out there. There's been a lot of awareness raised about adopt, don't shop, and. Um, if you are going to purchase a puppy or a dog, buy it from a reputable breeder, not some, you know, website over the internet. They just ship you a dog in a truck, whatever. But here's the, here's the thing. A lot of these good hearted people who want to rescue and they, and they, you know, seek out a rescue, 
they're sometimes not as great. They're not, they're almost, they could be compared to a mill, okay? And poor housing conditions, deplorable conditions. I personally saw in the town of Hempstead, the, the still current director, don't ask me how, I'm just giving you my opinion. The still current animal shelter director has sent, he has a very well-documented history of shipping dogs out to places, rescues that have been shut down for animal cruelty, neglect, and deplorable conditions, okay? There's a real problem with that. He's also sent friendly adoptable cats out to an outdoor sanctuary in Maryland, and I have the foil to prove it, so trust me when I tell you, if anyone wants to try to give me a hard time, bring it on, baby. I don't talk unless I have proof. But anyway, the point is, you know, the woman uh, who ran the rescue in upstate New York, she was, uh, and may she rest in peace. I'm not attacking anybody, but she clearly had some severe issues going on, okay? It was not the first time she had a rescue that was shut down. Prior to that, she was a foster parent to Cuban children and CPS took the kids back, okay? So this is clearly, it's a pattern, but somehow these dogs went to her. Just recently, last week, no way I'm gonna pull this date right now, but it was August of this year, woman charged with animal cruelty had nearly 200 dogs on property, okay? We need regulation and enforcement. I will say that. I, I've got a crazy idea. It's worked. Go for it. It, it worked when it comes to prostitution. It works when it comes to hiring unlicensed contractors. Kill the market. Make it a severe penalty if you adopt, if you pay for, if you get for free, if you foster an animal from a, a an unregulated or um, unlicensed organization. Now, I know there's people on this that's probably going to like call in and, and be very angry with me because that's going to put a big dip into the fostering and adoption of animals. But if you penalize the people who actually participate with these unsavory groups, just like in mm -hmm. prostitution, just like if you hire an unlicensed contractor, you, you, you have a very hard time suing that contractor in court because you did not take, yeah. you, didn't, you, didn't, you, didn't you don't understand how many people just started listening to this show. So many more. <laughs> So many more people are listening to the show and they don't, it looks like if I'm checking in, they don't care about animals, but they <laughs> a whole bunch more. We just I, got I, all I, these I, new I, fans. Well, that's, I'll that's tell you, I like, I like the idea of, of penalties. However, I also think that, um, I think that there are some people, they, they have larger than life hearts and they hurt for the animals because you have to realize all of these rescues, they don't operate alone. You know, they have supporters, they have volunteers, and they will, the people who get involved, they want to save the animals. So they, they might go into a place that has horrific conditions and everything, and they're like, I've got to get this dog out. This dog needs to get a walk. You know what I mean? But I don't know, it's hard, but I will say this, and I'm a big proponent of this. One of the red flags, I mean, you have to treat this like any other business, okay? One of the red flags to look for, if you're gonna rescue an animal, transparency, okay? Demeanor and attitude. How do they field your questions? If you ask them a question and say, hi, I'm interested in adopting a, a dog. Can you please tell me where your dogs come from? And they go, what are you talking about? What we only, like they get defensive, kind of like the pet store lies. <laughs> oh, we only source from the most reputable people. Okay, where? And if they don't want to tell you and it becomes a problem, then it's a problem, probably. If, if they don't uh, allow for people, if they have a physical location, but it's close to the public, that's a problem. If you wanna think of what to look for, let's flip to the positive side. Let's talk about one of our honorees this year, Regina Mendoza of Camp Happy Tales. She has the highest standards of care. She invites people to come and volunteer there. She has fosters out of her own house only. That's the only place that her dogs are. These dogs are out for hours a day, four times a day. They get treats on their pillow when they come back from their exercise. They get high quality food, essential oils. She's a dog with wheels and he goes to aqua therapy once a week. Okay, so let's say I want to adopt a dog. I'm going to go there because I want to support a rescue that is treating their animals really well. 
Doesn't that make sense? I think it makes a lot of sense. I think New York should have um, a, a qualified rescue list. I think yeah. that if somebody's got, now listen, a lot of these organizations, I mean, I could talk to you about the Humane Society. I could talk about ASPCA. I truly think, and these organizations didn't start yesterday. Mm-hmm. The Humane Society started in, in 1954. I mean, mm-hmm. these groups have been around a long, ASPCA, 1866. I mean, this wow. is how old and how established a lot of these institutions are. But but, but here I am, okay? And I, I know all this because I looked it up, okay? But right. hey, listen, I, I walked into Petco one day, okay? And it was Adopt-A-Dog Day. And that's where I saw Ollie. <laughs> and now, now, and I'm going to be honest, I assumed and it was Petco. It wasn't, you know, some run-of-the-mill, somebody wasn't, they didn't have a box on the corner, a puppy's grab. Right. It wasn't like that, you know, it wasn't yeah. a puppy situation. Um, and I, and, and when I was growing up in Staten Island at the time, my father went, would go to the shelter and whoever the next dog up that was going to be euthanized, whoever it was, that was a dog he took home. I and um, yeah, and that, that's how we, that's how we came across Fonzie. Don't even ask me how we, we named that dog. Yes, I was, I was 10. My sister was six. And my father looks at the two girls and says, okay, one of you girls can name the dog and one could, could take care of the dog. And I was a 10-year-old. So I go, oh, I'm taking care of the dog. And it was in 1977. And my father says, all right, Priscilla, my youngest sister, what do you want to name the dog? Fonzie. <laughs> 1977. But did you yeah, that's how family did it. That's how family did it. So, but that's, see, that's, I love that your your dad was like, you know, who's in jeopardy? You know what I mean? But yeah, it's like, well, he's like the governor coming in at the last moment, you know, before yeah. the, the animals go into the the chair it's getting right. important wow i love your dad I, is he I your dad still around or no 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 he's doing much better things than we all are here but <laughs> <laughs> i love that guy man he, he got out of here he definitely went to the good place for sure and donna you know just getting back to the shelter thing for one second you know one of one of the biggest bones of contention no pun intended there but one of the biggest problems that rescues have with let's say the nyc acnc is that they'll commit they'll say we're gonna pull this dog this dog is on your kill list we want him or her and they'll kill it anyway i mean it's abominable it is abominable when that happens i was involved with that with another dog from Hempstead. his name is brock i will never forget this dog as long as i live we have this dog was in the shelter for over two years and we had a rescue who stepped up and said we'll take them they went through all the hurdles. They got town attorney's approval. And two days later, when they were supposed to pick it up, they killed him. This is is that up. just, are, are these just like sadistic, shitty people? Is that like what it boils down to, Val? Um, it is a, I believe that was retaliatory. I really do believe that that was a retaliation kill, in my humble opinion, because mm-hmm. we were like raising we were putting someone's feet to the fire at the time she was the supervisor of the town Hampstead. she campaigned on the animals i helped her win that election and then she really screwed everybody over especially the animals so when we got that commitment we were all high-fiving we were so happy we were thrilled and then two days later that dog was gone all right we we do have to take a quick break again um, I do have a question I want to ask you both as we go to break that you can think about when you come back and maybe it'll be something we'll talk about, but it is probably a topic we need to discuss on the show in more detail. What I do want to say, Sandra Valdez, thank you for private messaging me those, these pictures. I'm good at a lot of things. Facebook is not one of them. So Val, we'll have to figure out how to get these pictures that Sandra sent to me okay. on the thing. Uh, but I will say, uh, you know, just, just this week, tragically, a, a horse named Ryder in uh, New York City. Oh, yeah. Um, fell down um i'm not even going to speak about the fact of how the 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 jockey that not the jockey but the driver of the carriage then decided to whip and hit the this animal but what i am going to just talk about is val there was a protest yesterday i was on my way to uh to pennsylvania so i did not stop in new york city to go to this protest but i was like man tommy d this is the kind of stuff we're supposed to be at you know which which a year ago I wouldn't have even realized they said it on the radio, right? Yeah. So as I'm listening to the radio, 1010 wins, they said that yesterday. So I do want to talk about that because, you know, there's an article here with PETA. There's, you know, certainly other agencies involved, but um, a cute romantic ride around the park 
you know, can happen in other ways. And they're talking about putting uh, some carriage in place of the animal. So Val, to, to whatever your knowledge base is, and this show is all about learning. So if you don't know a whole bunch about it, we no, can just I talk. We'll talk a little bit about it, and then we should probably get somebody who does know a bunch about it. So Don is here, Val's here, Tommy D is here. This is Professionals and Animal Lovers Show. We'll be back to bring this show to a close. And Donna will make sure in the last segment to let you know how to get in touch with her if you need her services, because the whole thing is about educating and then supporting the people that we work with. We'll be right back, pals. Hey, everybody. It's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Calling all pet lovers... Pet Avengers, assemble! On the Professionals and Animal Lovers show, we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong. It mirrors that bond between pets and their owners. Through this program, we come together to learn, educate, and advocate. Join us live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Is it? Well, hold hold yeah. that thought. Leave, lock the doors, keep your kids outside because it's potty mouth on the Professionals and Animal Lovers show. We said the S word three times, not once, not twice, but three times. And I'm feeling finicky and I might do it one more time before we close the show. Val, why is your phone blowing up? Because mine is, and I'm texting and like private messaging, Facebook. I will with, say this. Yeah. With, uh, let me just uh, with say San- really Sandra. Quick. Go ahead. Yeah. This is very important. Okay. And I, I hope, uh, Sandra, you're listening and everyone else because I know. I know firsthand how incredibly long it takes, how frustrating it is uh, when, when you know that things are going wrong within the world of, of animal rescue and welfare, and you have the evidence and you're bringing it to light and you're reporting it to the authorities and you have your proof lock, stock and barrel. However, we cannot share something until it is also validated. And what I mean by that is that there's no question. So it can't be a photo of, of a sign because we have no idea exactly when that was taken or what that means. We need a link to an article. We need a news stream uh, link, you know, or breaking news, you know, whatever it is. I'm really sorry, guys. I get it, okay? I, I would like to pull the hood back too. You guys know me, okay? I don't protect animal abusers or or anyone who profits i love i love how like smart and conservative and thoughtful you're being and i don't mean conservative well, you have to be no but i love it i wouldn't i would probably just be show the pictures man show the pictures but you're <laughs> see that's why we we certainly I are the yin, we we yin and yang right we yin also and yang. my lawyer's here and i'm pretty sure yeah. <laughs> i wouldn't have allowed it she would not have allowed it we will not allow it thank you counselor so Let's get back to Donna. Donna, were there other uh, things that you wanted to bring to light? I, I can't believe what time it is, but what do you got? If- well, no, you know, I, I got to tell you, well, well, two things. First, I want to go over that, uh, the 14-year-old horse. I did a quick review. I did yeah. a quick search on it. So if anybody doesn't know the story about the New York City carriage horse, mm-hmm. um, there's a 14-year-old horse named Ryder who had fallen down, just like uh, what Tommy had said. The dog couldn't get up. The dog. 
The horse couldn't get up um, out of busy Ninth Avenue for over an hour. The mm. owner was whipping it to get up. The police were spraying it with water to for it to 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 you know get up. They eventually got the horse up into a vet. The vet was uh, did diagnose this horse with a particular form of encephalitis. It's like a you know um, for the horse to have a brain swelling. The horse is on the mend. For anyone who was listening to what had happened to this horse. So the horse did survive. The horse was definitely noted to be emaciated and in poor health. But at the same time, New York City will defend its rules and regulations because now you're not dealing with a companion animal. You're dealing with a work horse. This is- you said it's, Donna, you said it's emaciated. Excuse me. You said the horse is freaking emaciated. It's hot out. It's obviously dehydrated. It's not given enough water. So you know what? If that's your property, dummies, if I sound like my seven-year-old, if that's your property, like why are you not taking better care of it if you're going to put it out there? And then now let's change this subject. It's no, not no, just no, property. No, no, it's no, an no. animal, Val. It's no, an, no but not, let me just finish. Oh, let me okay. just finish my whole thought. Okay. It's an animal. It's right. not just property. So right. now it's a human, excuse me, it's a living being and you're not taking care of a living being. This is wrong. You know what? Okay. Go, I, I'm go. Gonna, I'm going to explode. Sorry. These go, are explode. Sentient, beautiful creatures right. with intelligence. And you have to realize when we say that animal welfare is 100% political, that is because it is true. Mayor de Blasio, he campaigned on this very issue. He vowed to eliminate and end the, the cruel and often neglectful and abusive carriage horse uh, carriage horses in, in New York City, okay? He's another one who broke campaign promises and now he's gone. But this issue is still very much in need of support because these animals are not treated well. They're not treat, they're not, they break down from heat exhaustion. Like you said, they're malnourished, they're emaciated, they're overworked. And let's be honest, I mean, this is an antiquated kind of tradition. I, I mean, so was... You know what was an antiquated tradition too? Greyhound racing in yep. Florida. They eliminated that too when they finally all realized, hey, this is an abusive industry. So I don't know. It makes me crazy. But, um, you know, all I know is this. People like you, whoever is listening, okay, and our good friend Donna here is a prime example. Okay, she's an animal lover. She wants to get more involved with animal advocacy so that we can make the world a better place for animals. We need you. We need all of you. That's my spiel. Yeah, I, I, you know, I do want to say for people that are starting out like me, like, mm-hmm. like, how do you get involved? What do you do? How do you learn? Go back to basics. Go to the Humane Society's website. Mm-hmm. What an incredible website. It talks yeah. about what it is, what it does, what its mission is. I can run off, we don't have time, a huge laundry list of things that they do. And then more importantly, rather than preaching from the pulpit, this is, we're all for animal welfare. Okay, well, well how do you do that? Yeah. How do you do it? Right. So I'm tinkering around on the website. And I'm going to be honest with you in preparation for today. I was playing around, okay? Yeah. And it had yeah. to do with seven ways you can stop puppy mills. Yeah. I'm like, wow, check this out. Not only are they telling us, what, what is a puppy mill? Why is it bad? Um, where do they come from? Um, why is there such a market? How do we stop such a market? And and I'm talking about, that, again, this website covers everything from dogs to cats, all companion type of pets, uh, horses, um, chickens. It goes on and on because, again, it, it, t- it talks about countrywide. But here we are in Long Island. Seven ways you can stop puppy mills. Useful items. Number one, uh, help make retail pet stores puppy friendly. Walk into your Petco, walk into your local stores. It actually has links that you can click on and it gives you um, a written scenario on how to do that. Number two, be an advocate. They have advocacy guides, how to be an advocate. Number three, contact your legislators. Number four, write letters to the editor. It's giving you samples. Number five, print and post flyers. Now, hey, look, it all starts with awareness. And you but don't Donna, have to. It's there for you. It's there for the person, whether it's you or me or even Valerie to go back yeah. as a refresher. And I know Valerie's going to say, I don't know it all. And yes, of course you don't. But you know more than some. But you know what? It's not like you have to go and rewrite it. It's there empowering people to go do the thing. So what is that website? Shout it out for the humane. Okay, um, that is the humanesociety.org. That, um, I guess forward slash resources. I'm I mean, sure Mick Collins is putting that on Facebook right now. And if he wasn't, he's So Donna, Donna and Val, I got to interrupt here because we're, we're out of time and here's no. what we need to do. Donna, 
you are an incredible asset to this team. You're an incredible asset to what we're working on here. We appreciate you. Tell the folks what you do professionally and how they get in touch with you, please. Well, thanks again for allowing me to come here today. I mean, this is like the real passion. This is what really makes, you know, what I do complete. Okay, by trade, uh, I'm an attorney and I practice in the areas of bankruptcy and foreclosure defense. I represent individuals and small business owners who are looking to reorganize or eliminate debt. Uh, I have an extensive background in mortgage banking and finance. Uh, And because of that, I have become very helpful to homeowners who are looking to retain assets, whether it be their home um, or as well as other assets in the event that they have to eliminate and reorganize debt in state court, in federal court. Uh, I conduct a a free initial interviews, um, free initial consultations where I conduct an interview and we discuss exactly what that particular client's- How do they get to you? How do they get to you? No, you're good. Uh, How do they get to you, though? We're running out of time. I don't want to run out of time. (laughs) I'll just shout out my my phone number is 516-783-1950. I have an office in Call Place, New York, and it's the law offices at Donna M. Fiorelli, PC. Now, if listen, folks, if you want to, if you're going to explore bankruptcy, whether it's your business bankruptcy, your individual bankruptcy, why the heck wouldn't you speak to somebody who spent an hour talking to us about animal advocacy? Get it together, folks. Donna's our friend. Donna's an advocate. Donna is an asset to this project that Valerie and I are on. Val, say something for the folks before I do. Donna is also one of our cherished, beloved sponsors for the inaugural Compassion Awards. And if you are an animal lover and you are not there, you will never understand what you're missing. But so when is it, Val? It's October 11th at The Refuge. And you can find your tickets at pal-show.com. That's P A L hyphen show.com love that word hyphen pal hyphen show.com don't spell out h-y-p-h-e-n just use the dash i'm your boy tommy d the nonprofit sector connected that's valerie my favorite advocate and donna fiorelli we're going to leave you with some famous words that we end every single episode of the show in his total commitment to nonviolence, gandhi always included the animals by stating the greatness of a nation and its moral progress can be judged by the way its animals are treated. Amen. Thank you, Donna. Oh, I hope it was helpful. I hope it was helpful. Very helpful. I try not to, you know, I know I'm like really basic, but I'm learning this stuff. So you guys are like eons ahead of me. We need a two hour. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy. And I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Calling all pet lovers. Pet Avengers, assemble! On the Professionals and Animal Lovers show, we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong. It mirrors that bond between pets and their owners. Through this program, we come together to learn, educate, and advocate. Join us live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. 
Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about help to advocate for all of us. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower.